Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, hello, everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and you're used to hearing me uh, say hello and welcome my good friend, Eric Hurt. Uh, Eric is uh, just now out of the hospital, and he had a knee replacement surgery. So today, I am blessed with a special guest a good friend of mine and a brother, uh, someone who is on the Setting Captives Free Board of Directors. And I absolutely love this man. And uh, we have today Bill Miller. And Bill, I am so glad to be able to do this with you. Thank you for coming on and spending some time with me. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm glad to be here and be able to just share the scriptures and talk about Jesus and the gospel. It's a uh, can't get any better than that. <laughs> it's a perfect day when you get to talk about Jesus and the gospel, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we have decided together that we are going to study through Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 7. And so um, I'm so thankful for our listeners that maybe you're driving along in your car or uh, maybe you're at home listening to this, but uh, Bill and I are just going to have a discussion about this passage and see how the Lord would lead us and what he would teach us. And so, uh, Bill, uh, why don't you go ahead and read verse 3 to start with, and we can go from there. Okay. Uh, verse 3 uh, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Well, you know, when I, when I first ahead, read that, I, I, you know, I thought every spiritual blessing, I mean, that sounds like an awful lot. And, uh, <laughs> and yet that's what, that's what we're blessed with. And it's in the heavenly places. I, I was thinking of a, another verse later on in Ephesians that where it says that he raises us up together and makes us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I don't understand that completely, but it says that right now, at this very moment, I'm sitting with Jesus in the heavenly places. Bill, is that not amazing or what? I, I think about times when I have sat in the dump with my sin, and you can no doubt recall that yourself, and here oh, yeah. we're raised up and we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. That is something that is miraculous. And, and I can't even comprehend it, but I know it's true because it says so in the word. And, uh, and then there's that aspect that every spiritual blessing. And when I start uh, thinking about, well, what does that mean? And, you know, I think of the words of uh, like uh, grace and mercy and, and love. Uh, th these things are, are mine. And God has already blessed me with those in Christ. And, and to think about, you know, if you, 
we love to connect the scriptures to the gospel and you know you you have done this so well bill for for so many people but as we look at verse 3 one thought that i had was that god has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world but what did it take for you and i to experience and receive and enjoy these blessings it took jesus to be cursed and and yeah. so when he was on the cross, Jesus was taking God's curse away from you and I so that we might receive these spiritual blessings. What does that do for you, brother? That makes my heart sore. <laughs> well, I, I definitely do not deserve it at all. And, uh, you know, and, and Jesus gave up those spiritual blessings. You know, when he came out of heaven, on one level, he, he gave up everything. He humbled himself and became a man. And even worse, he was raised by sinful people. He hung around sinful people all his life. And it was sinful people that, that uh, put him on the cross. And he had left all of the spiritual blessings behind for you and me. Wow. And for us. Uh, you know, and I... Uh, it's humbling. It, it, it just causes me to just stop and just be in awe. You know, why yes. me? Right. Why me? Why me? To think about the fact that our sin had brought God's displeasure, God's curse, God's wrath. And yet Jesus took all of that away from you, Bill. He, he took all of the cursing and all of God's wrath away from you. And he replaced it with, all of this blessing, the forgiveness of sins, to be reconciled to the Father, to, to be made right with God. I mean, because of what Jesus did. And you know, uh, Bill, it says that these spiritual blessings we have uh, in the heavenly world, um, Jesus went to the cross, to the grave, and to hell. You know, mm -hmm. that, that you and I could enjoy blessings in the heavenly realm. Um, it, it is, it's mind-boggling, as you said. Um, and, and so, let's go on to verse 4. And that says, uh, that is, in Christ, he chose us before the world was made. Uh, now, some versions, maybe yours says, he predestined us. He chose us. He predestined us so that we would be his holy people, uh, people without blame before him. Um, what thoughts do you have as you look at that verse, Bill? Well, it's, uh, the thing that I, I keyed on, you know, in my thinking, it was before the foundation of the world. You know, here is God. Here's the Son. Here's the Holy Spirit. Before creation, already had in mind... Uh, that we were going to be a people chosen by him, you know, and uh, there was some, there's some other references too about this before the foundation of the world in Revelations 13. It talks about the, the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Hmm. You know, here you know, it was already in God's mind and in his heart that Jesus would, 
become that sacrifice before Mm -hmm. creation. It was so in God's mind that it was as though it already was in his thinking. You know, Mm -hmm. even though in, in our time, it hadn't happened yet. You know, when we think of at the beginning of Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God, but in God's heart and his mind, Jesus had already died for us. The sacrifice had already been made for us. Mm. And uh, so that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm. You know, I, you know, I just, uh, I, to me, it's just, you know, people have a problem with that. Well, God, how can God do that? You know, that, that's not fair. And uh, I'd say I'd, I, I want that, you know. Yes. What's fair is that God would send me to hell. That's yes. what's fair. Right. But God had me in mind even before the foundation of the world. I can't comprehend it. I just, I read the words and I say, okay, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not something we can understand because our minds are finite. But in, in some small yeah. way, like for an example, I... Um, have told Jody so many times, you know, I loved you before I ever met you. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> my heart was yours before I ever knew, you know, now that's not necessarily true with God because he knew us beforehand and he loved us beforehand and, and so forth. Um, but the reality is that God chose us to be his holy people. And Bill, I think about my past life of sin and you know, maybe listeners are, are sitting here and going, you know, I, I, I'm in bondage. I'm, I'm captive to sin. And I, and I just can't, I just can't experience God's love. But what you have to do is to believe what his word says, that God chose you to be his holy people. And, you know, Bill, the way that happened is through Jesus taking our sin away. I mean, it doesn't happen through you and I saying, okay, now I'm going to start living right. You know, I'm going to be holy now. Uh, It don't work that way. (laughs) It doesn't work, does it? Uh, But what does work is believing that Jesus became sin for us and we became the righteousness of God in him. Now that I can believe. When I look at myself, I don't see holiness. But when I look at Jesus on the cross... I do see sin. Uh, He became sin. Well, if he became sin, uh, if he took my sin away from me, and therefore I have no sin, I must be holy. Uh, This is the great uh, great exchange that happened at the cross. And Bill, when it says, people without blame before him, have you really considered, brother, that you are without blame completely? (laughs) I too often remind myself, oh, no, God, you're wrong. Remember when I did this? Or um, I'll hear some small voice to remind me, oh, Bill, don't you remember how you did this terrible thing? And, uh, uh, you know, in one of the the courses, uh, there's this phrase, yes, but Jesus. And, uh, And that's true. You know, I was a sinner. I, 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 you know, and I did those things, but Jesus took those upon himself 
that precious blood that was spilt covered that sin. And God says, paid for. You are blameless. You, you don't owe anything on that anymore. Jesus paid for it. And, oh, by the way, you're holy because of that blood. You are without sin. And, uh, and so I, I remind myself, uh, it says I'm holy and without blame. And I have to remind myself, yes, but Jesus. Because I, I remember sins of the past. Uh, I'm reminded of my sins of the past. But I have to also remember, but Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and made me holy and blameless. And that is so good to understand because we have a memory. We have a conscience. We have the devil who's called the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. And so with all of this uh, memory, accusations coming, conscience, fueling thoughts of, you know, oh, remember when you viewed pornography? Remember when you were gluttonous? Remember when you were all depressed and living life just isolated from everybody? Well, sure, we can remember that. But the cross actually obliterates all of that for us. The cross slams down right in the midst of our own thoughts or in the midst of the devil's accusations. And, you know, Bill, you think about Jesus. He took your shame and your blame. Uh, he, he took them both. And, and so now we could read a question from Romans 8. Who shall bring any charge against Bill Miller, against Mike Cleveland, against whoever's listening? Who shall bring any charge? Well, it's a good question. Uh, who, it is God who justifies. Okay, who is it to condemn? I love this, Bill. Listen to this. Christ Jesus, the one who died. <laughs> who, who is it who can <laughs> condemn you? The one who was condemned for you. Who, who is it that could bring a charge against you? The one who was charged in your place. Uh, and, and more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God and interceding for us. And so uh, if you are a believer in Jesus and you're hearing us today, uh, God removed your blame by putting it on Jesus. He took your shame and your blame and gave you God's righteousness and justification. That's an amazing thought to consider, isn't it, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the verse, you know, that talks about if anyone's in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The mm. old is gone and behold, the new has come. And so, and that's the idea, you know, we are new creatures. We're, we're not what we used to be. We are something different and we are new. And that new is holy. That new is without blame. And, uh, and it's in Christ. It's nothing I did. I, I didn't make myself new. I, I can refurbish, but, you know, <laughs> you, you can paint a, a, a car that has 100,000 miles on it, and it looks nice, but it's still a car with 100,000 miles on it. And, <laughs> but I'm a new creature, you know, no miles on the, on the odometer. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's wonderful. I had never thought about it like that. That's a good, that's a good illustration. That's excellent. Well, what does verse five say to you? Let's see. It says, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure.
accomplisher of his will. And as I, as I read that, I, I know there's a lot of controversy on that word predestined, but I, again, I step back and I, I think God had me in mind. He's not making me do anything. He's given me a free will so that uh, is there in John 1, it says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God, those who believe in his name. You know, when I put my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ has done at the cross, I'm adopted into mm. a new family. Amen. And that's, again, going back to the new creature, old creature, my old family was my father was the devil and God adopted me out of that bad family and put me into a new family and uh, so there's a there's a new birth certificate that has God's name on it and no longer has the devil's name on it and I've been adopted I, I have four adopted kids so I know the process I understand it you know we our names are on the bottom of their birth certificate because we are now the mother and the father. And that's what God has done with us. He is now our father because he adopted us. That is beautiful. <laughs> that was a delight to my heart to hear that. And, you know, I, I love the, the whole motivation here, here in verse five, God's heart is open and exposed to us. It says, because of his love. Yeah. Uh, in, in my New Century version, it says, because of his love, God had already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. Um, if, if you're listening to us today, and maybe you've had a father, mother, parent, somebody in your family who has treated you wrongly, who has not loved you, then hear this word right now. Because of his love, God decided to make you his own child through Jesus Christ. And so we know, Bill, John 3.16 says, For God so loved, so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will never perish. Here we see it again. Because of his love. And, and Bill, you know what this word love is, don't you, in Greek? Uh, the agape? Yes. <laughs> What does that mean? Uh, well, it's uh, <laughs> I don't have my books in front of me. No, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you, putting you on the spot, aren't I? Putting you on the spot, but but it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of love that is it's it's not earned. It, it's 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 not even reciprocal. You know, it, it's all it's it's totally given out. Uh, and it's, it's a love that uh, is not, uh, well, I'll love you if you do these things. No, it, it's a love that is unconditional. Yes. And that that's the kind of love that God has, has poured out onto me. And in doing that, you know, going down to verse 6, it's to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You know, God has made me acceptable with the, with the purpose that he gets the glory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about God. And, uh, and he has made me 
acceptable, you know, in Jesus, that's where I find my, my resting place, there at the foot of the cross, there uh, to praise him and to give him the glory. And uh, it's never about me. It's never about you. It's never about any ministry, mm-hmm. but it, it's about the glory of God and that we want to be uh, to his praise. Yes, and as you were reading there, I, I got to thinking, so he's made us acceptable, but what did it take to do that? Um, he actually rejected his own son, if you want to think about it like that. He, yeah. he made Jesus to be sin, which means he made him unacceptable to himself so that you would be acceptable in him. Um, what a, 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 a steep price that Jesus paid to make us acceptable to the Father. Now, God had already loved us, Bill. He loved us before time began, but through Christ's death on the cross, he made us acceptable to him because he removed our sin. And, and I love to think of the fact that, you know, you and I are acceptable to God. We can run into his presence because Jesus removed our sin, we can go in freely. Uh, yeah. we, we, can, we don't have to halt. We don't have to stutter. We don't have to stumble in and wonder if, uh, you know, like when uh, Esther went into the presence of the king. And she, I'm sure, was thinking, okay, is this going to mean my death? Or can I actually go in there? You know, and uh, the, the king would lower the scepter. Uh, to someone if they were acceptable and could come in. And at the cross, Bill, God lowered the scepter uh, to us, to you, to me, us who were previously in bondage to sin. God lowered the scepter and, and, and said, come on in, son. Come on in, daughter. Uh, yeah. I've loved you before the world began. As I tell Jody, I loved you before I ever knew you. Um, this is what God has done for us, brother. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh man, I, you know, and I, I remember I used to have this thought. I, <laughs> I, I was a young Christian, you know, with, uh, lots of ideas and, uh, you know, when we use that term Abba father, we think of, you know, he's our, our daddy. And I remember we were talking about this concept of running into the throne room of grace and I would jump on the lap of God <laughs> and, and, and snuggle in and, and, uh, and call him Abba father. And I, <laughs> and I remember uh, the chaplain at the time, he says, Oh my, I don't know if I could have that. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. just, you know, just the, the idea of, you know, and he, you know, here's a holy God who is, is perfect and righteous and, you know, and, and I understood what he was saying, but God has made us acceptable in the beloved so that I, I can run mm-hmm. and jump into his lap reverently, of course. And, uh, but he's our father, our Abba father. And, uh, uh, and he's made us acceptable and we we can boldly go into the throne not cocky you know not not with an attitude but boldly as a child would come 
to their parent, irregardless of what's going on around them. You know, mm. there's my dad, you know, and you go to him, you know, irregardless of what's happening around. Bill, what would you say to somebody right now as we look at this verse together and it says he's a, he has made us acceptable, but what would you say to somebody who thought, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not acceptable. I'm not acceptable in my own eyes. I may not be acceptable in my family's eyes. I may not be, I don't feel acceptable. What would you, what would you say to them? Oh, I would say I understand. I know exactly how you feel. I can say been there, done that, and I bought the t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, because I, I, because we look at ourselves and we say, how can God accept me? I mean, look at me. I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I, I, I used to uh, watch pornography and I, I, I used to uh, do all sorts of terrible things with that. And, you know, uh, you know how, how can I be accepted? And I, I have to do that, yes, but Jesus, uh, I remind myself, but Jesus took care of that. He absolutely covered every single sin that I've ever committed. And God's grace is infinite, and my sins are finite. I, I've only sinned a certain number of times. Now, it, it's a big number. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not minimizing that, but it's a, it's, a, a very, it's a finite number of sins. God's grace is infinite. I cannot out-sin God's grace. No matter how bad or how wicked I think I am, God's grace is infinitely bigger than that. Mm. You know, my sins are like a speck of dust, you know, on God's scale of justice because of the blood. Mm. And God covers it all. And I need to get my eyes off of me and get my eyes on Jesus and look at what he has done and what he has suffered for me. You know, he experienced the full wrath of God. And I, I, I can't comprehend that either. Mm. But, you know, Jesus spent an eternity of hell in those few moments there on the cross. I, I, I can't comprehend it, but I believe... That's what had to happen for me to be justified, for Jesus to be able to say, it is finished, it's paid in full. God had to, Jesus had to suffer an eternity of hell for me. And uh, uh, so that guy that thinks he's too bad, no. <laughs> Jesus is too good, and he <laughs> covers it. <laughs> yeah, that moved me deeply when you said that, Bill. I'm one of those people that used to to feel that way, that I've just sinned too much, I've gone too far. Um, and, and all that comes from is someone not looking at the cross. Bill, how can you look at the cross and see the extent to which Jesus went and still say, I'm not acceptable? Uh, it can't be done, can it? No, no, it can't. It's if you truly are looking at the cross, you know, you have to really 
look and try to, under, you know, I, I think of Isaiah uh, 53 is a wonderful chapter to reflect upon how Jesus suffered for us. Uh, Psalms 22, another one to, to, to just to try to imagine and to comprehend what Jesus was going through. Uh, and he did that for us. You know, he didn't have to. And, um, and I think, you know, he had the option there in the garden was he was praying, Lord, I don't want to do this, you know, and he, he was, he was thinking about it. And yet his attitude was nevertheless, it's not what I want to do, but I want to do what my father wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And so he yielded to the father's will and went to that cross for us. And, uh, and again, I, it's just, we are justified by that redemption that he did there at the cross for us. Yes, and that is where we focus. That will silence the mouth of the accuser. Uh, that yes. will still our own conscience. Um, and, and that's where we have to focus. And, and so let's finish here, Bill, in verse 7. Uh, I want to read my version here. I I like what it says, and you might come in with yours as well. But uh, it says, in Christ, we are set free by the blood of his death. And so we have forgiveness of sins. And I I just want to revel in this for a minute with you, because it it says, (laughs) Christ, we are set free. Um, What are we set free from? Well, under sin, I'm guilty. Uh, under sin, I, I expect the judgment of God. Under sin, I'm condemned. But because of the blood of his death, I am free from condemnation. I am free from the judgment of God. I'm free from guilt. And Bill, this is what it takes to be free from the power of sin as well. Is If you're under condemnation, you're under guilt, let's say that you're walking around with a cloud over your head, and you are under the guilt of your sin. That will keep you in bondage. And so what Jesus did is he assumed my guilt. He assumed my condemnation. He was, uh, he did for me what he did for Barabbas, uh, which was he died in place of Barabbas, and Barabbas got to go free. Well, Mm. that is exactly what happened to you and to me in Christ we are set free by the blood of his death. And so if you look at Jesus on the cross, he is bleeding from every corpuscle, if that's the right word, in his body. And, and what is that accomplishing? It's setting you free, Bill. It's making you free from judgment, free from guilt, free from condemnation. And so you have forgiveness of sins now. And that makes me worship. Yes, yes. And, and, and my translation uses the word redemption. And so that's another picture of God redeemed me. He had to pay my fine. He had to pay, you know, what I owed to be free. And, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't have the, I don't have the resources to redeem myself, but it's through his blood. You know, uh, 
uh, you know, there's something about Jesus's blood <laughs> that's perfect that says it's paid for. It's paid for in full. Your your sins, you're forgiven. And I, and I, one of the, you know, all those Old Testament sacrifices. One of my favorite sacrifices is the sin for the sin of ignorance. You know. There are, there are sins that I've sinned that I don't even know about. Mm. And but God says, you know, I got that one covered too. Mm. You know, even though you don't know that you've sinned, it's covered. It's mm. forgiven. And, uh, and it's according to the riches of his grace. Mm. It's not, nothing I can do. It's not according to my efforts. It's not according to how good I am or how many times I went to church that month. Yes. You know, it's according to the riches of his grace that he's redeemed us. He's freed us through the blood of his son. And uh, it's just, you know, all we can do is worship. <laughs> yes. Well, it says how rich is God's grace. You're talking about the riches of God's grace, but again, look at what, Jesus went through to give you the riches of his grace. You know, he yeah. became poor. Um, when he was on the cross, he was stripped of everything. And uh, he, he even had his last garment taken from him. Uh, yeah. Though he was rich in heaven, yet for your sake, he became poor. Uh, gave up everything so that you, through his poverty, might receive the riches of his grace. And so this is, this is amazing to think about. Jesus, God is no pauper. He doesn't give stingily. He is rich in grace, which means if you are rich in sin, then he has more to cover your sin than you have sin, yes. as you were saying earlier. Uh, and so you are forgiven and you are set free. And, and, just rehearse that in your mind, just in your heart, look to the cross and see what Jesus went through to give you that grace, to give you forgiveness, to set you free. And uh, Bill, we, as we bring this to a close, I, I want to do this again with you. Uh, I learned so much from you uh, as I did today going through this passage. And, and just as, as we're thinking now about the love of God and the riches of his grace, uh, if you would, think about somebody who's struggling right now. Um, maybe they're in bondage. Maybe they're, they're feeling the weight of their shame and their guilt and their condemnation. And they, you know, maybe they walk around like I used to, just in tears. Just, I've blown it all. I can't believe how far I went. I'm so miserable. And if you would, Bill, maybe speak a word to them and then just close us in prayer. I think the worst case scenario was Peter denying Christ, denying him, not only just denying him, but even swearing that he never knew him. And, uh, and, and Jesus warned Peter, Peter, you're going to do this. No, I'm not going to do that. I love you. And yet he denied Jesus three times. And uh, when that rooster crowed, he was broken and realized that I'm done. In fact, he, even after uh, uh, the, the resurrection 
and uh, he knew Jesus had risen from the dead. But I think he still thought, but I'm not in, the, I'm not on the team anymore, you mm -hmm. know, and he went and says, guys, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going back to what I used to do. And uh, Jesus comes and uh, already had a meal fixed for him on the shore. And when they came back, he, he pulled Peter aside and said, and he, and he asked Peter three times, do you love me? You know, and I think, and just emphasizing that Jesus loved Peter. And he just wanted to remind Peter that you are loved. I know what you did, but I died on the cross for that. Look, see my hands. Look, look, look at the holes. Look at my side. I love you. Peter, do you love me? And, uh, you know, and, and it took a while. And Peter finally says, yes, Lord, I love you. And we, we need to continue to go back to the cross. And even though I might have denied Christ and just even swore that I, I never even knew him, God comes back to us and says, but do you love me? And, you know, our only response is, yes, Lord, I love you. And he loves us back. He already loves us. It's not a matter of loving us back. He already loves us. It's me loving him back and just resting in the blood, resting at the cross, resting that I am forgiven, even if it doesn't feel like it at the moment. I am. Heavenly Father, we thank you for <laughs> this opportunity just to talk about the gospel to go into your scriptures and to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us there at the cross, that it was no small matter, but that what was accomplished was an infinite amount of forgiveness being offered, an infinite amount of grace being poured out through the blood that was shed there at the cross. And Father, that each one of us can come to the cross and find the freedom, find the redemption that we need from our sins. Oh, Father, I pray that, that everyone that is listening to this uh, podcast even now would be praying and thanking you for the blood that was shed. And Father, that they would believe that your grace is sufficient to cover all of their sins, that they would find freedom through the cross of Christ, and that they would see that they are new creatures in Christ. They are no longer in bondage to sin, but have been set free by the blood that was shed. Oh, Father, just help us to daily remind ourselves and thank you and glory in the cross of Christ. And Father, that people would not only uh, uh, see us, but Lord, that they would see Christ in us and that they would see that there is a change in our hearts because of what Christ has done at the cross. And Father, that we would have that opportunity to say, I don't understand it all, but come and see. Come and see Jesus. Look at him. 
what he has done for me, he can do for you. Oh, Father, for, uh, for your precious blood, we thank you for the opportunity we have to share the gospel in this way, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.